Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, welcome to Life After MLM's Lula Rich companion series, Lula Bitch, a place you can come to find all the tea and everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You're about to hear the personal accounts of the people affected by the MLM LuLaRoe. These stories are our own personal opinions, accounts, and allegations of our experiences within the cult. Some stories may be triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. to another episode of Life After MLM. We have another uh, LuLaRoe bitch session. (laughs) We're going to be talking to my friend Katie, who I met after I left LuLaRoe, who, um, well, who actually had a very similar story and ascension into the cult as I did. Um, So I'm going to hand it over to Katie. Uh, Please, Katie, introduce yourself and let us know where you were uh, when LuLaRoe came knocking and how they got you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm like a little kind of starstruck. Um, <laughs> oh, <hush. laughs> I know. Um, but I'm so excited for you. This has been such a great thing to listen to. And I'm so honored that you asked me to come on and do this with you. Um, but like you said, I joined LuLaRoe around the same because I joined in March of 2017. When did you, or 2016, when did you join? Exact same time. It was the end of March, 2016. Yeah. Um, and I think around that time, the queue was like 16 weeks long. It was, so, I remember being in it for like, like at least six, if not eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I didn't onboard till the middle of June. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I joined in February and I onboarded at the end of March. So I was okay. in for about six weeks. So you entered the queue right as I was onboarding, but mm-hmm. you didn't actually get your inventory until June. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, the foreshadowing here. So <laughs> it really is profound looking back on it. So about a week before I was supposed to get the call and if you don't know what the call is it's where the onboarding team calls you and you make the biggest purchase you'll ever regret and so (laughs) I called my sponsor and we all know that FOMO that oh my god like I'm gonna miss the boat on biggest opportunity of my life I'm gonna make so much money and like if I don't do this now I could have done it and then I'm going to want to do it in a year and I just it's going to be terrible so I eventually onboarded in the middle of June and I got my inventory and I remember my first sale I think I made like six thousand dollars retail not profit because you have to deduct then everything that was the clothes and what I put in for my startup costs and everything so you know I probably made two (laughs) dollars maybe in a first Starbucks I don't know Dutch bros 
Dutch Bros was my jam in Arizona. Do you guys have Dutch Bros in San Diego? We do not, but I've heard great things. I think there's some Dutch Bros like um, farther north, but not down here. Oh my God, they are the best coffee you've ever had. So right after that, I was hooked. Like the high was just, oh my gosh, I'm posting this. People are commenting sold. This is so easy. I can make money. I can do this. I just have to do it once a week. No big deal. I think a lot of people really don't understand like the amount of turnover in sales and the frenzy that was LuLaRoe at this particular time. It was crazy. Women were fighting with each other over timestamps on saying whether they got it first or not. Yeah. And especially on the lives, because as a consultant, you were seeing sold, whoever you saw sold first from was who got it. And everyone would like yell. And it was, it was just madness. It was absolutely crazy. So, and then I went to convention and I also remember at convention, our mentor at the time had ordered us all shirts. And I remember we had to give her our sizes. And then when it came time to get our shirts, she didn't have all of our sizes. We all got like two XLs miraculously. Yeah. Uh, I also never got a shirt. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact shirt we're talking about from Team Awesome Size. Oh my God. Yeah. So I never got my shirt either. Although a friend of mine who had ordered a size bigger, um, it didn't fit her because it was still too small. And she gave it to me and she's like, maybe this will fit you. And I put it on and it was still a size bigger than the one that I had ordered and it still didn't fit. So it wasn't a huge deal that I didn't get my shirt, but I mean, I paid $25 for it. So I was out that money too. I mean, I kind of like when I order a shirt and I get what I paid for. It's just, I don't know. call, Call me crazy. I mean, I feel like if you wanted to order shirts and get what you paid for, you shouldn't have joined LuLaRoe, girl. Probably. Well, I mean, if I would have known that then, you know. Um, so when I went to convention, I had two girls already in the queue. One was one of my friends from when I was in the Navy. So she was the first person, I think, to show me LuLaRoe. She had, like, added me to some group on Facebook. Because where I, in Arizona, nobody was wearing this shit. Like, absolutely no one. Wait a Nobody second. wanted to. So you're telling me people in Arizona don't like to wear leggings during the day? Absolutely not. You know, not long sleeve shirts either, or like thick polyester blends? No. <laughs> Especially in 120 degrees. It like you, if, if you maybe are looking for a heat stroke, or you're looking to die by polyester, then I would suggest LuLaRoe in the desert. But if you're looking to stay cool and comfortable, I would maybe suggest Target. Um, Walmart has some really good options that are affordable. Um, definitely not LuLaRoe. That you, you can get like two or three tops for what one LuLaRoe price top costs. Um, love me a good Walmart top, not gonna lie. Or Amazon. Amazon's good. Um, yeah, we love Amazon things, here. <laughs> we do love Amazon. Um, 
So one of the things that I really liked about LuLaRoe, so at the time, my husband was working at a nuclear power plant. And I had, before I even joined LuLaRoe, I had a nanny because he was gone for like 120 hours a week at work. And I didn't want to raise my son alone. And here was this like culture that was encouraging me to hire people to help me. And it's like, well, this is great because everybody else is calling me um, not so nice words for having somebody help me. And so I thought that that was really neat. But then when I went to convention, um, my mentor kind of was telling people that my nanny was there because I was doing so well with LuLaRoe. What? Yeah. This is a reoccurring theme of like taking things out of context and twisting them to make it look like people are far more successful or LuLaRoe has more to do with those people's needs than actually happening. And that was one thing that I never did on my social media is I, and it always felt very like weird to me I never posted about my life on social media with LuLaRoe because I was like well I had this before LuLaRoe so this just feels very odd and like I'm lying to people to say that I have this great life because of this clothing company that didn't give me any of it so the beach party nightmare um and I don't know if this has been talked about so there was supposed to be disability buses to go to the beach party and there wasn't uh, yeah, the ADA nightmare of the beach party and just really the ADA nightmare of the entire event itself um, was just beyond, beyond. Because I had like emailed and asked for accommodations before I had went to convention and there was absolutely nothing. And I remember having to fight with somebody to get on what they were calling the um disability bus because the line was so long that I think people weren't getting back to the hotel up to like three in the morning that morning or that night the the bus situation I mean literally everything about this and again it's like I haven't seen the documentary yet I know that it when people are listening to this it's already come out and everyone's probably already seen it like eight times but I don't know but the the transportation situation to get people like I don't understand why we needed to leave Anaheim to go to the beach at all why we needed a beach party at all is beyond me um but it was like an hour and a half there two hours there in a bus and then the same back but it's like because there were buses at the beach there was all this traffic just with regular beach and normal city traffic trying to get these beaches back to the freeway from the beach and back to the hotel it was a nightmare. And then the ADA buses on top of it, on top of all the other regular buses and all the retailers that had been there the year before that were like, we're not, we're not taking the bus. We're driving ourselves, which was me. That was me. I'm like, we are driving, get in the van. Um, well, so funny story. And at the time, I just thought he was a really disgruntled employee, but there was an accountant from LuLaRoe on the bus with me on the way to the beach party. And he was complaining the entire time about how much he hated his job and how dumb they were. That's and, amazing. And like me being me, instead of like telling him that he was stupid, I just kept asking him more questions and telling him I thought he, I was fascinated by him. I, I, I'm like speechless 
I know. And then he was telling me that like his wife was so stupid and she signed up to be a consultant too. Man, they got everybody to sign up as a consultant. They, did. they were getting people that worked in the in the warehouse and in the call centers to leave and join LuLaRoe as consultants. My guess is they probably gave like free inventory or something. But he oh, was like, yeah, she's they so did. freaking stupid. And he was just like, so like, he's like, this is a giant scam. You guys are all getting played. And you're like, oh my God, you're so fascinating. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, for one thing, my wife is doing this and it's an absolute train wreck. Like it's going to ruin our finances. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, what about the ADA com- accommodations at the beach itself? So that was also another really big nightmare. So while I was at the beach, I ended up finding like a teenager that snuck onto the beach and like, I guess security was chasing them instead of trying to like talk to them. And so I like stopped and talked to her and she was like terrified because there were so many people on the beach that she didn't have cell phone service. And so she, I was like, well, do you live close? Like what's going on? And she's like, well, me and my friend just snuck over here because we saw this private concert and it looked really cool. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Cause she was probably like 15 or 16. And so I ended up having to walk her back over to her house. Cause you remember like those houses, like right on the beach, yeah, like right behind the stage. That's where she lived. Oh, wow. and security had security had spent like an hour trying to chase them instead of just like stopping and saying, you know, what's going on. And like being grown about it. Yeah. Um, no, their security is a little like bullish. In fact, when we were filming the Vice documentary, we showed up at home office because we were trying to get like an interview with somebody and mm-hmm. no one came out except their security and their security basically was like, you can't film here, get off the premises and like chased us away. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it was, was very Scientology-esque. These kids were terrified. And they thought that they were going to get in so much trouble, but no, with the ADA thing, like, because I would have assumed that, you know, ADA buses, you're going to get to the beach and then you're going to get to go get in line and get food. And basically it was like, okay, you're here at the beach now, like deal with everybody else. I, I don't know how they expected to get wheelchairs on sand. Yeah, no, and that was the other thing, too, is they didn't have any of, like, the sand wheelchairs, um, because most beaches do have, like, the sand wheelchairs. Yeah, they didn't have any of that. They were just like, here's this bamboo mat we stretched out. And these beautiful sand castles and no food. Grandma s'more on your way out if you can find one. (laughs) It's really dark. Yeah, there was like fire pits littered the like the beach. Like there, I mean, I could be confusing multiple beach parties together, but both of them were shit shows. No, I don't think they actually paid for any extra lighting so we could leave and actually see on our way out. No, it was very dark both times, and it was like just the city lights in in a beach parking mm-hmm. lot um, with these massive buses that pretty much blocked all of the light because they were so tall. Uh, but so not enough very buses dark. for everybody right but not enough buses for everybody I mean people were I I've been seeing the comments on my TikTok because we've been talking about the beach party and people were like my husband and I just like started walking 
along the road away, like towards the freeway until like 11 o'clock. And then like, we got in a taxi and, and took a taxi back to the hotel. I'm like, you just were walking through a town you're not from toward what you hoped was the freeway. Oh my God. That's terrifying. People were like, yeah, we were taking Ubers. We were like getting rides from people we didn't know. We were walking down the street and other retailers would pull over and say, hey, do you need a ride back to the hotel? Getting rides with like complete stranger LuLaRoe consultants. Although I feel like it's pretty safe because a kidnapper would not most likely be wearing LuLaRoe. (laughs) Kidnapper couldn't wear that much polyester. So I feel like getting in a car full of LuLaRoe consultants as a LuLaRoe consultant is a pretty safe bet. But still, the fact that they even had to do that is just like, it's absurd. I don't know. There's a few that I don't know I would trust in a car. (laughs) I've been in their car. It was mostly fine. Only a couple narrow misses. (laughs) And how much debt are you in now? Not a ton, not a ton. See, this is why we don't get in cars with people that wear polyester. You make an excellent point, Katie. So I went home and I immediately convinced two of my customers to sign up. (laughs) Yep. You come home from the cold convention and you were like, I am invigorated. Let's do this, boss babes. Yep. Well, basically they like came to me and were like, can you be my sponsor? I was like, I guess. You know what? Like, I feel like, I feel like that exact interaction right there is how most people joined LuLaRoe. It was like, Hey, what's up? You, um, what's up with these like leggings they're selling on Facebook? Oh yeah, no, uh, it's called LuLaRoe. Oh my God. (laughs) Can I sign up under you? You're like, okay. Like that's literally how every single yeah. person that joined my team that wasn't placed there by someone on my upline joined LuLaRoe. Well, and then that was the other thing too, is when I originally joined is I wanted to be under the person that was the mentor. And then she dropped me down two levels below her to pad her numbers. Okay. Let's talk about this because that is the same person that did that to me. We have these same upline. Katie and I had the same mega upline. We're going to call her the mega hun at the top of this upline. There are several mega huns above her, but we're going to talk about this specific mega hun. So I think there's only like two more above her though. They're still in? Because there was like four or five, but I don't know. I don't know everybody's statuses anymore. I don't either. So the mega hun that we're talking about is the one that was selling the t-shirts. And she had a very popular YouTube channel in 2015 where she was like selling LuLaRoe or like talking about the LuLaRoe business. And it was literally brilliant. It was, it it was a hun sales funnel. Absolutely. 100%. She made it look like it was the most incredible opportunity that you could ever have. Look how much fun I'm having. This is my garage. Look how much fun this is. Check out the parties, join the groups, join the club, watch how fast it's like sells you guys you're, you're not going to want to miss this. I mean, there was so much FOMO and frenzy. I thought she's kind of quirky. Like me, she's kind of fun. She gets me. She makes inappropriate jokes. that does funny voices too. Like that's 
I was like, okay, all right. Like I could, I could vibe with someone like this. Like she seems like her M&M candy coating seems pretty okay. So like you and I both do the same thing. We reach out to her and tell me what happened, Katie. She's like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to send you some information. And then the link she sends me is for somebody that's underneath her. And uh, once I had signed up, she let me know that this was my new sponsor. Similar, similar story for me. I reached out to her. She's like, oh my God, where do you live? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm in San Diego. And she's like, oh my God, I have a girl in San Diego. You need to meet her. And she like did a three-way chat really quick. This is, this is this person. I said, oh, hey. And she's like, hey, let's do this. Um, and we set up a shopping appointment. And I went to this girl's house. I was probably like 25 minutes away and had a shopping appointment and basically like a little mini why you should join LuLaRoe. And then she's like, mm-hmm. there's an Inspire tour coming up like next week. I was going to go to, do you want to come with me? Like I'll drive, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I went. Were you inspired? I hadn't signed up at that point, but she, like this girl, the mega hun was just like, where are you from? San Diego. I found out later, like you found out later that you were placed strategically under somebody else in order to build a, the strongest pyramid possible for the mega hun, because the mega hun's intention was to hit mentor, which is the highest rank in LuLaRoe as fast as possible. I know this because she told me this personally many times that she wanted to be a mentor that she was working toward mentor that one day I would be mentor too. And I will tell you this, <laughs> she can thank me because I became the third trainer on my uplines. So it, it bumped her up to coach. And then that was her third coach and it bumped the mega hun up to mentor. And I got a pair of gold teak slip on shoes as a thank you. Wow. Yeah. Sorry guys. But if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was stacked. You were stacked. Did she ever stack people underneath you as well? No. Okay. Cause she continued that trend with me and stacked me to get me to where I was so that, that, that rank chain happened so that she hit mentor. It was yeah. all very no, strategic. What- once she was mentor, she pretty much um, only focused on people that like her besties on stacking them. And I didn't fit that bill because I wasn't willing to lie about my lifestyle for her. Yeah, there were, um, there were a lot of people out there that were making a lot of really crazy claims about things. Yeah. And I just, it didn't feel honest to me. And so I didn't feel like that was going to be the way it went. Like, I don't know if you remember that the pay to have lunch with Deanne, and I think it was like $125 a plate or some stupid like that. And I look back and it's like, why did we pay to do things like that? Yeah, no, I went to that. It was a lunch. I think it was that Inspire tour and you could pay that. You're, the one you're talking about could be different. The one that I went to was, was at an Inspire tour and you could pay uh-huh. $50 to have like a catered lunch and Q&A with Deanne. And it was like the first hundred people. And I did it. I went. It was ridiculous. I can't believe I did it. But yeah. Deanne sat next, next to me and she was like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. You know, I'm like, hey. 
And that was the same event where she told me that I needed to get a new husband, the same exact event. <laughs> yeah. So I look event- back on this, Katie, I look back on this and I'm like, what, where was, where were our minds and our heads at? Yeah. And so at that event, when I went to the lunch at an inspire in um, Phoenix, my son um, used to drag a car. He still has it. It's probably the only piece of LuLaRoe that's still in our house because it's a 100% cotton one. But he drags this car- Carly around like it's a blanket. It was one of the first times he had gotten it because obviously this would have been like August of 2016. And it was like, okay, well, I mean, that's my son. And if he wants a fucking dress, like he can have it. And again, now looking back at it, was it like a homophobic thing? But like, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they always said questionable things anyway. So like, I, I wouldn't put it past anything they say not to have some sort of like, you know, innuendo of some way that's like cutting or sort of keeps you in your place. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was funny. We, my friend and I had gone to something the other day and somebody like tried to shush me. And I like, I said, my response was as I was saying, and I continued to talk and she's like, maybe he doesn't like you. And I said, that can't possibly be it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a him problem, not a me problem. Like, oh, well, <laughs> oh, well. Um, so so we're in like August of 2016. So yeah, so I don't think I was seen as a very good leader from like the higher up leaders because I wouldn't flaunt my lifestyle and I didn't really do that with everything that we had. Um, and I also mostly did vendor events. So where farmer, I had a spot at the farmer's market that I would like regularly attend as a LuLaRoe consultant. And that's where I really kind of found my niche because um, consultants weren't doing that yet. And the um, early 20, late 2016, early 2017. And once people saw me doing it, they were like, yeah, this is a really good idea. So I don't know if you remember, but I used to do like a lot of the trainings on that. Um, for our mega team my sister Mm -hmm. actually ended up getting um a booth at a local uh street fair like once a week down here too for her stuff and I would join her sometimes um yeah there was a lot of MLMs at those at those events (laughs) I don't think those events Uh, should really invite MLMs but that's a whole nother podcast for a completely different day I completely agree I definitely remember different trainings about running vendor events and and craft fairs and things like that yeah no so that was one thing that I kind of focused on because towards the end of 2016 I think is when it really started to kind of shift where it wasn't a once a week pop-up you had to do a live sale every day and then an album sale once a week and it became a lot more than a part-time work for full-time pay And one of the really big things, so I had a girl getting ready to onboard at the end of October. So she was wanting Halloween leggings and she had asked me, Hey, can you order for me? And I'll pay you for them. And I said, of course I'll do that, but I just need to let you know this right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get them. So she made an announcement into her group that I was going to order 
her sponsor was ordering her Halloween leggings, get excited. And as you know, with LuLaRoe, that didn't happen. I got yeah, no Yeah, that's, that's a big no-no. You're not supposed to post <laughs> that yeah. you have stuff uh, when you don't have it. Because then what happens is LuLaRoe says, well, that's your fault. You shouldn't have done that. Not, sorry, we didn't have enough and didn't anticipate that these would actually sell out immediately and we should have probably made more. But or that's we gave your them fault to- for expecting that we could be competent in our business. Once again. Or we gave them all to the higher ups, you know? Yeah, like here. Oh, like most of it was set aside for these people. So that happened. And then she ended up getting mad at me because she felt that I lied to her when I said that I would try. And I get it that it does hurt her business that she doesn't have those, but I didn't have them for my business either. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard-approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. 
quince.com slash MLM. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but they're still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts, registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls. And so, it's a super okay. common MLM tactic. It doesn't just happen in, in LuLaRoe. It happens all across the board in all of these MLMs, you know, like this, this scarcity of, of things selling out and, and consultants not being able to get it. It's super common. Yeah, I just think with LuLaRoe, though, it's because the consultants are required to carry the product where most MLMs are, you're getting to order, you're having your customers order directly from the website. And then it's a, the the MLM is a warehouse where LuLaRoe, as we all know, is they like to back, they like to front load the inventory on the consultants, which They're, is totally illegal. Right. Um, and this is how the other MLMs get away with not front loading, but actually front loading. They'll do you know, like these limited edition releases like LuLaRoe does, right? Like, oh, Halloween, but it'll be like a limited edition flavor or a limited edition color of, you know, these drink mixes or these ketones or these food savers, but it's in yeah. tropical pink for summer or whatever, you know, so these limited edition and they create internal FOMO, just like in LuLaRoe, like, Ooh, you got to get those for your customers. Cause they're going to sell it on the website. You got to buy them. You got to buy them from the website. You got to get like six, 10, 12 of them because they're going to sell out and you're not going to have them for your customer. So everybody inside, and this happens at paparazzi. We talked about it in an episode about how all of the consultants will go to the website and buy it at their price and, 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 and basically hold the inventory. And then it's sold out on the website. You have to find a consultant and the consultants are just sitting on it in their garage, the same way with LuLaRoe, but these MLMs are slightly elevated from LuLaRoe and they've like done this, been there, done that approach. And they're like amateurs. You have to do it this way. You know, you need to have a (laughs) website. So it looks more legitimate. You can't just encourage this front loading. You need a website too. (laughs) I think they, don't they have websites now? I think they have websites now. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. I've not bought LuLaRoe since I stopped selling. So it's like the more that I started researching and the things that like LuLaRoe did, the more I started to see that it was like in every single MLM, but like LuLaRoe just was so blatant with it. And these other MLMs are just a little bit smarter and they've learned to hide it <laughs> to appease the FTC just slightly <laughs> more. <laughs> They're just a baby MLM. Yeah, they're just a baby company. You guys have some grace for them. They're still figuring out how to scam the most effective way. It's not their fault. It's not their fault they keep getting caught, guys. Okay, like these people that left, they're like bitter and haters, but they're super duper smart. And they like keep figuring everything out and like exposing it. Well, first (laughs) it was the credit card company's fault. 
It's also been UPS's fault. It was in UPS's fault. Then it was their merchandiser's fault. I believe there were a couple of hurricanes that were also at fault at one point. Oh yeah, don't forget. Can't forget the hurricanes. Um, and then it was customs. Yes, uh, and then one time it was actually the size of people's asses that was at fault because it couldn't have been the fabric that was ripping. It had to have been the massiveness of the size you are. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, no. <laughs> so we'll just make it, we'll make leggings another big, uh, and another size bigger. So that way we can tell people that they really did buy the wrong size. I mean, absolutely. Right. I'm like, oh, it wasn't the fabric that was littered with holes that literally like you could look at the wrong way, like give it the stink eye and it would just shred across like in a line like a nylon like like do you want to destroy my sweater like just I know (laughs) I mean they're just like insanity how these would just the rip would just just spread I had a woman who was a teacher and was a customer I mean and a friend from high school who bought so many leggings and she texted me one day she's like um I'm on lunch break right now and I stood up and I felt a breeze and the backs of my leggings, like my ass cheeks are hanging out both sides. She's like, what do I do? And I was like, do you have, she's like, thank God I'm wearing a Carly over. I said, girl, just make it to the end of the day. <laughs> it just. I lied to so many people about why their leggings script. And I feel so, so if you are listening and I ever said something about your leggings or made some weird lame ass excuse I am sorry (laughs) because that's what they basically they told us they were like you know if anyone comes to you with broken leggings just make some lame excuse and replace them which is basically what I did people would come to me with the ripped leggings and I'd be like oh yeah well it's this that and the other thing and it might have been this and I'm really sorry about that so let's just come in here and grab you a new print and or like my favorite was like Patrick would say like fashion industry standard was like 5% defects and here at LuLaRoe we're at 3.7. So we're far below the fashion industry standard for defects. And I'm just like, I don't feel like those numbers are accurate at all. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I just like- made those up, but it was something along those lines. <laughs> so what I'm guessing though is that, so here would be my guess is because in the factory, they have to give them defects, like of what they're making inside. Like the defect percentage isn't coming from their consultants. So that number probably, and I know you do a lot of research on this, but my guess is that 3.7 number was coming from the factory. So then you have to add on whatever <laughs> damaged after Right. Like the, the factory's like, wow, we get a lot of damages in here. You guys are like, it's like 3.7% of everything. It's like a lot. And they're like, that's fine. Well, industry standard. Let's not even worry about it. <laughs> fine. Like we say, if we don't laugh, we cry. So we're trying to talk about yeah. serious things, but we are moving through our trauma with humor and self deprecating humor helps in these instances. Um, so- yeah. January, um, I found out I was pregnant. I was like 2017. I found out I was pregnant. And then in February, I, and then they found out they were changing the bonus structure, but I don't think they had done it yet. But I remember being in leadership and them telling us 
We're going to change the bonus structure coming up soon. So just sort of like start preparing. These are what the new ramifications are going to be back in like January, February. I remember doing that, but it Uh didn't change until July. When I asked people and they're like, I don't remember doing that. And I'm like, yes, it was in January. And you just said that. So I'm not crazy. Thank you. You're not sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that was a gaslighting moment that I've been told so many times that that didn't happen. And like, you just, you just, thank you. That's all. (laughs) No. So that, so that, this is why that's part of my story. So in February, I officially made trainer. And so I remember placing a really big inventory order to make sure that I could get my bonus check because I knew that it would be really big because I had onboarded my 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th girl. Yeah. Wow. So we're talking a several thousand dollar bonus check and I'm pregnant right now with a baby coming. So like I could use several thousand dollars, um, but I probably spent it on inventory. So, you know, was it really worth it? Probably not. Um. March came, I didn't sell anything. Cause I just like, was like, you know what? I fucking hate this. There were so many problems and everything. Like it was seemed like everybody was complaining. I think that's around the time defective originally started. I also, so in, that was also at the time where like we um, had a really big falling out with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. So I like, it was just kind of a breaking point for me and LuLaRoe. Now, so I had spent, are you, is your what? sister-in-law still in LuLaRoe? I don't think so. Um, as far as I know, she's out, but we haven't spoken um, since December, 2017. I can take a lot and I obviously take responsibility because I did ask her to join LuLaRoe with me, but I also don't think that I deserve to like be hated for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, I agree. Taking personal accountability uh, for your part in this is really big. You know, it took me a long time to do that. Um, it's something that I've worked through for a long time. I know that you worked through it for a long time. And I know there's other people out there probably yeah. listening who are still working through that personal accountability. And I like to remind people, you and the listeners that, everybody in in an MLM is a perpetrator and a victim at some point. There's just varying percentages and degrees of which you are. Oh, absolutely. You know, the higher up you go, obviously, the more of a perpetrator and less of a victim you become because you start to see what's actually happening. Um, But, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard processing through like it was a frenzy and it, it felt good. And we just wanted everybody to be a part of it. And we didn't understand the ramifications. And I think, I, I think this film probably is helping a lot of people realize like, Oh my God, like, okay, it wasn't just me. It yeah. was everybody. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who suffered. I'm not the only victim. I'm not the only one who was quote unquote ruined. And there is a community of people out there that have been fighting against this and have been trying to get the word out and have been working their asses off for years. Yeah. You know? And you're, you're included in that as well. You've been speaking out about what happened to you and, and talking about it for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And it's just, I obviously haven't been as vocal as you. Um, uh, I'm a little crazy like that though, you know. I know. 
And that's why we love you so much. Um, but then um, April rolled around and Mark made his kid comment about people talking poorly about LuLaRoe. And that was at the point where I decided I was completely done. And at that point, I had my ticket to train the trainers um, in May because that was the next train the trainers. And that was the big Disney launch. And so I remember I just, because my best friend's wedding was coming up at the end of May also. And so I told everybody that the doctor said I couldn't travel because of my pregnancy because I was extremely high risk. Um, and it just made it a lot easier for me to stay home and not go to that because I wasn't ready to tell anybody that I was leaving the company. And I remember watching the Disney LuLaRoe announcement at Disney on my phone, kind of a little bit of a FOMO moment and thinking, I'm definitely making the right decision here because while I was, while they were there, somebody had contacted me asking to buy my team. And my response to her was, well, one, how do you expect to get the inventory? Because I'm not going to ship it to you for free. You're going to have to either pay to get it or come get it, like, or drive down here to get it. And two, how much are you willing to spend on new inventory? Because I, um, I do have a lot of inventory and I'm willing to sell down as much as I can to get to a, a number that you're comfortable with. And the girl told me I can do $10,000. And I said, okay. And at that point I just started doing clearance sales. Was that a number that you were like expecting or was that higher or was that lower? Did you feel that was fair? I honestly had no idea what to expect. And even to this day, like I tell people how much I got for my team from LuLaRoe and their jaws kind of just drop because I think I'm one of the only ones that got like actual money for my team. I know a lot of people that just signed off their teams to somebody else or like you, where you got, um, have you said how much you got for your team on your podcast? I think, I don't know. Maybe I've said it multiple places, but yeah, I, I sold my team. I got 500 bucks. Like it was nothing. Yeah. It was literally for like the inconvenience of them having to contact me and like make me sign a bunch of stuff. They're like, we'll kick you down some cash. It helped them more than it helped me. Yeah, no, it definitely helped them more than it helped you. But I, if they were taking over my team and getting my team bonus checks, I wanted them to take all my inventory. Right. And they didn't take any of my inventory. So the $10,000 figure like makes sense for you because they did not take my inventory. Just, just the team replacement of like the team head was all that we did. Yeah. So that, if they were taking my team, I made them take the inventory. That was my, that, that was the terms of my negotiation. And I think I probably should have been more vocal on that because I think it probably would have helped more people negotiate the sale of their team. Well, maybe people listening. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a LuLaRoe team is worth that much now, but maybe people listening on uh, and, and other MLMs that are looking for a way out and they have a big team and they don't know what to do. Um, yeah. It's I mean, I hate the fact that you're like selling teams, but unfortunately that's, that's part of this industry. Um, and it could be the difference between getting out faster and, and, and helping yourself out faster than not. When... 
we sold, I made her bring me a certified check or cashier's check or something that was certified funds. And my husband, so we lived in Arizona at the time and convention was in Anaheim or her husband and my husband drove halfway um, and met and then exchanged inventory and for the check. (laughs) It seems like such a shady, like backwoods deal. Like we're going to drive two and a half hours east (laughs) and then trade the money for the boxes of polyester. You live in in California. So they like met in like, um, like Palmdale or somewhere like that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That makes it even better. It is the middle of nowhere. It's like an episode of Breaking Bad, but in California, in the desert. For polyester. For polyester. For stinky polyester. (laughs) It was probably molded. Did you get any of the dead fart leggings or the stinky moldy stuff? As soon as I did, I would throw it in the trash. So you did then? You did get it? Of course I did. But as soon as, like I said, as soon as I would get it, I would write it in my right, in my tax write-off book and it would go in the trash. I couldn't, I couldn't like put that in my home. It was, it was too much. All right. I need you to describe them because I've described them as many different things, but you are also someone that has smelled them. So I'm going to have you describe them um, to give people a different perspective. <laughs> um, so if you were to forget a baby diaper somewhere and then find it, that is what they smelled like. <laughs> Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. It reminds me of the scene in Anchorman when they're talking about the Sex Panther cologne. Like, LuLaRoe leggings smell like Sex Panther. Like, that's what it's like. It's repulsive. <laughs> when I would go on deployment, that would be, like, my movie I would watch. It would make me, like, feel like I was home since I was stationed in San Diego. I was like, oh, Anchorman, you make me feel like I'm home. Where's Ron Burgundy when I need him? <laughs> Were you stationed here on a ship? Yeah. Well, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, that's probably a big other reason too why, like, uh, like I only d- lasted almost a year because it was like I cannot do this. Like these people are mad, <laughs> and in the military, like they would have been overthrown way like before it ever got this bad it's like the king and queen of hearts are running a leggings company I know and like we're all in Alice in Wonderland and we're like all the decks of cards that are like we're painting the roses red we're painting the roses red (laughs) please don't kill us please don't kill us (laughs) do you remember when she would like get on TikTok and just have her screaming matches and then not, you would not have on to, TikTok like, on um or on Instagram on Instagram live yeah my favorite ones are the ones where she's like driving in the car and she's like singing and she's like all about like women empowerment those are my favorite ones she's always like yeah yeah like it's just great like it really is you just I just like wow I dodged a bullet <laughs> I mean, I got grazed by the bullet pretty badly, but I still got out of most of the bullet's path. (laughs) So when did you leave? 
I left in September of 2017. So it was right after convention. I came back. Okay. I gave it like one more month of like raring to go with like the new stuff from convention. And I, I, I realized that I was like living the definition of insanity. And then I'd reach out to ask questions and I'd be gaslit. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And then I, and then I joined defective, which was defectors support was used, used to be called defective. I joined defective and I saw all the theft, like the album of all the stolen prints. And I was still in, I remember joining, (laughs) this is funny. I remember joining and it said LuLaRoe trainer in my bio and Heather kicked me out and blocked me. And I was like, what the heck? And so I like, I was like, I can't join the group anymore. I can't even find it. And they're like, oh, you got blocked probably because it says you're a trainer in your profile. So I messaged Heather and I was like, Hey girl, like I'm out. I'm just not out yet. I need answers, please. And I said, I know it says I'm a trainer. I am, but I'm on my way out. And she goes, okay. And she unblocked me and let me in. And I think I was in there for about a week before I spilled the tea. And I was like, mm-hmm. yep, uh, yep. That happened. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Corroborating. Yes, that happened. Yes, that happened. And I remember going, I'm a trainer. I was about to hit coach. All of this is actually happening. This is incredible that you guys are, are finding all of this because I've experienced all of this. And these are the answers I've been looking for for months yeah. and months and months, pretty much all of 2017. I felt like I was being lied to and gaslit and, and like made to believe things that were not true and were not happening. Mm-hmm. And like, hushed and love bombed and like oh oh are you kind of like you're feeling kind of like oh I get it like you're so stressed here's a free cruise oh my god they gave me a free cruise it's so wonderful you know and then I stay four more months because I'm on the dopamine high of going on a free cruise that wasn't free and cost me three grand but yeah I mean it was just like the culmination of everything I had experienced all of 2017 like the fruition of all of the evidence and truth and answers within one week of being in that Facebook group and going. And I was like, Oh my God, I am, I am in the middle. I am the Oreo cream of this like scam sandwich. I'm in the middle. Like I'm a little higher than these guys and a little lower than the tops, but I'm high enough up that the tops and I are friends. And I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. And seeing the repercussions of how that stuff is happening to the people below me. And I was, I just couldn't stay quiet any longer. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. I just, cause I was watching people like go into significant debt over this. And I was like, I can't be a part of this because yeah. after I left and sold my team and once the check cleared, I told my whole team because at the time it was hundred percent buyback. I was like, send all your stuff back hundred percent buyback, do it. They shut it down um, three hours after I announced I was leaving LuLaRoe because I left the, like the weekend before my a couple of girls on my team that I just loved so much uh, and still love so much to this day. Um, they were like, they had all left. They were all on my team and they had all left. And they're like, can we have like a wine and cheese night and like, just hang out? And I was like, sure. So I went over there and they were all like, girl, like what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it's really weird. And I think I sort of decided that night that I was done but I know that I needed to sort of you know I needed just a little bit more time to just really solidify and I remember after talking with my upline and the way that she was really forcing me to stay even though I was telling her it was bad for me and it was bad for my family it was bad for my mental health and how she was like we need you to just stay for like till Christmas like we need to just stay like it was like a, a, a decision together you know, and not 
not the respect of like, this isn't working for me and my family anymore. It was about her and her pyramid and her upline. And that also like, was just like, I'm done. Like she's denying the facts that I have. She's still gaslighting me. She's still pretending that none of this is happening or she just really genuinely doesn't genuinely doesn't know. And like, that's on her and not me, but I couldn't stand back and continue to live this life and pretend that everybody else wasn't suffering. Um, yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. You know? I was like, how, is the, how are we talking about me? We're supposed to be talking about you, Katie. <laughs> no, I totally. So no. your breaking point was just the same sort of thing. Like you seeing everything happening. It just is a total circus. What well, was a total circus? My sister-in-law was on our team, my team. And this had put a major strain on the relationship. And no matter what I was doing, it just wasn't getting better. And the really sad thing about that is my husband is actually a twin. And so it has ruined his relationship with his twin right now, um, which I'm hoping that gets better. But it just, it really put it like in a really bad situation. Family drama is, is difficult. And then you add like the stress of like feeling responsible for getting roped into something and roping others into it that currently and still affect, you know, that still affect their lives. It's gotta be hard. And and I hope that people see this and, and that the people that are or were negatively affected by LuLaRoe or people that were in LuLaRoe see this documentary and sort of understand that it was a lot deeper than just mom selling leggings on Facebook. And there was a lot of psychological manipulation and gaslighting and indoctrination and um, like manipulating the different chemicals that we have, like dopamine and serotonin and things like that. Um, it was just, it was always well, a scam. And they, it was always a scam. It was always a scam. Well, and that's one thing too, is I think they really prayed like, oh, well, you need to get all of your family involved in this too. And see, look at our family. It works so great at doing this. So it'll be great for your family too. And then we would get our families involved in it. And if it didn't work out, it was obviously your fault because you brought your family into it. And it wasn't that it was your fault. And it wasn't that it was your family member's fault. It was really, it was LuLaRoe's fault. And I think that's one thing that's really important for people to understand in all of this, that um, even though that it is whoever brought you in, yes, they do hold some blame for offer, like bringing it to you. And I know that it hurts that they did that to you, that they were also duped by LuLaRoe. And it is good to find forgiveness in your heart for the people that also were victims here. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.